So is everyone well today? Yes. Great. I want to talk this afternoon about, I want to talk about opening up to God, really opening up to God, really searching our hearts before God and asking God to search our hearts so that we can know ourselves in the way that God knows us. And that way we can really have an intimate relationship with God as we know ourselves then as God knows us. And I want to read a quote to you written by Larry Crabb from Understanding People. And he says, most of us simply are not good at observing ourselves and reflecting honestly on what we see. There's an almost reflective resistance to asking if perhaps we've been offensive, defensive, resentful, or scared, or controlling. We quickly feel uncomfortable when someone interrupts a perfectly pleasant social talk by offering to give us direct feedback about how we come across to others. Even clear expressions of warm feelings that come from deep parts within us are sometimes hard to force out of our lips and even more difficult to respond to from others when others give us positive feedback or give us feedback on how we came across. Sometimes we find it very hard to accept. We sort of, don't tell me that, or we get all offended or we move away or we just don't want to look inside ourselves sometimes because we're frightened about what we might know about ourselves. But there is a great place. There is a place for godly self-examination. God asks us and desires of us to really examine our hearts, to allow him to search our hearts, but to search our hearts for ourselves and to know our hearts and know the weaknesses that are going on. Because the scriptures does say the heart is deceitfully wicked. So sometimes it's hard for us to look inside our heart and really see what's there. And we certainly find it hard when other people approach us to give us that feedback. So we, we believe there is, a godly, there, is a godly, there is a godly place for self-examination, godly self-examination, not introspection. People often resist the idea of self-examination because they don't want to fall into the trap of being introspective, and God doesn't want us to become introspective people, constantly navel-gazing, constantly looking inside ourselves. It's all about me, what's going on in me, just totally introspective, not looking out to other people, not allowing other people to minister to us or to point out to us some of the areas that we need to work on for ourselves. We become definite, we are definitely not called to focus on ourselves. Our focus is Christ and Christ alone. God calls us to focus on Christ, to focus on the one who saved us from a lost eternity, to focus on Jesus Christ who went to the cross so that we could have relationship with our Father. Our focus has to be Christ and Christ alone, not ourselves. And then after Christ, we begin to focus on those roundabouters, begin to look at those roundabouters and fellowship with us and how we can minister to them. But first and foremost, our focus has to be on Christ. There is also a resistance to godly examination. We don't want to be introspective. We shouldn't be introspective, but we sometimes resist even godly examination, even godly men and women speaking into our lives and showing us some areas perhaps we need to work on. We don't kindly take to that sometimes. Why? Most of us are afraid that if we look at what is going on inside, we may not like what we find. 
If we look deep within ourselves, we may not like it. Maybe we just bury it under the carpet. It doesn't exist. Pretend it's not there. So when we're in a place where we have to really begin to look at ourselves, it can be quite uncomfortable sometimes. So we prefer not to go there. We just don't like it sometimes. We fear the uncomfortable truth about ourselves. Sometimes, not always, but that's a possibility. You might be here tonight and you might be thinking, well, I'm perfectly comfortable with myself. I know exactly who I am. Yes, we're all in Christ Jesus, seated with him in heavenly places if we are born again of the Spirit of God. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. But more than that, you might say, well, Amanda, I know myself. I know my weaknesses. I know when I'm being weak. I know my strengths. I know what's going on inside. I know how to deal with the issues of life. I know when I'm hurt how to deal with the issues of life. Praise God. If you're here this afternoon and that's you, I say praise the Lord. You're really intimate with God because we can only be in strong, we can only know ourselves we're in strong relationship with God because it's the Holy Spirit as we are in the Word of God. It's the Holy Spirit that puts His shines his light on our areas in our heart, the areas in our heart that we need to improve on. So if you're here feeling totally at ease about all the issues of life and how to deal with them, then praise the Lord, because you're allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work in your life. But there are others who may feel uncomfortable about the truth about themselves. Maybe there's a shallowness within that they just don't want others to know about, not even recognize it for themselves. Or maybe there's an emptiness within which is just not, you, it's hard to bear the emptiness, the loneliness that's within. You just don't want to know about it because you find it hard to deal with. Or there may be quite a low level of satisfaction in your Christian life. You might be someone who is outwardly an active Christian, but inwardly you may be feeling quite dissatisfied. And you might feel, I really don't want to know this. I can't handle it. I'd rather just pretend it's not there. Or maybe you don't even know it's there. Another reason we may not want to know the truth about ourselves is there may be disappointments that we really don't want to acknowledge ourselves to ourselves, and we may not want others to know about our disappointments. So the easiest way to deal with it is either to ignore it, pretend it's not there, or even just not even acknowledge it in any way. Just it doesn't exist. It's too painful. The disappointment's too painful. You can't accept it for yourself, and you certainly don't want others to know about it. So you just deny it. And often, the hurt and the confusion that lies within us sometimes is not comfortable. It's not comfortable. But you know, friends, the Word of God says that God is our healer in all of these areas. God heals us body, soul, and spirit. So if we're struggling with things within us, things that are uncomfortable, things that are painful, things that we can't really handle for ourselves, there is one who can handle it. There's one who will walk through it with us. There's one who has the answer, one who is compassionate, a loving heavenly father, a God who created us, a God who knows every part of us, every hair of our head is known to God, and he is more than able, more than able to meet every need we have. The question is, do we give him the opportunity do we allow God to meet that need? Do we allow God to reach into the depth of our heart 
when we even know what's there? Do we allow God? Are we prepared to bring it to the surface and allow God to heal us of those hurts and disappointments? Sometimes, because they are painful, what do we do? We ignore them, or we try to ignore them. But you know, something that's deep within that's hurting, or dissatisfied, or a loneliness, or a disappointment that's deep within, we can try to ignore it, but it will surface. It will come to the surface in the most unexpected ways, at the most unexpected times, when you would really rather it didn't. You would really rather it didn't show up when you're with your friends or with people that don't really know about it. You would really rather that it stayed where it should be. So you try to ignore it. You avoid or deny what's really going on inside. Someone asks you, how are you today? You look a little disappointed. You look a little sad today. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Praise the Lord. And we carry on. Sometimes there's just too painful to acknowledge. But you know, I really want to encourage us this afternoon. Acknowledge these things before God because he is the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the one who brings comfort in all of these areas. And he's the one who has the answer to what we're searching for. When we live in denial, we promote the idea that the best way of dealing with problems is to skirt around them rather than face them God's way. Pretend they don't exist. Travel all the way around them because if we come to the center and acknowledge them, we have to acknowledge them God's way if we want to resolve them. We have to acknowledge them God's way. We have to come face to face with God and do things God's way to really be free. God does not give us his resources so that we can sustain on reality. Why do you think God has given us all the resources we have in the Word of God? This is the manual for life. God has given us every resource in that, but he, he intends us to use this resource, to use the resources he has given us, and not to deny that things are there, not to pretend things don't happen. He has given us these so that we can be real about life. We can be real in acknowledging what we're really feeling. Be real in acknowledging, yes, it hurts. Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I'm disappointed. Yes, I'm lonely. Yes, I'm dissatisfied with my Christian walk. Begin to acknowledge them so that God can heal them through his resources and through his Holy Spirit and through the godly men and women that he has put around you to minister to you, particularly in this church as we're in the cell ministry. Acknowledge them in cells so that your cell leader can minister to you, that he or she can bring the word of God, can minister God's Holy Spirit and God's healing into your life at your point of need. Use the resources. Don't live in that unreality. Walk with God through the problem. God wants to walk with you through the problem. He doesn't want you to walk that way alone. He's giving you the resources. And like we read this morning in Psalm 23, he walks through the valley with us. There is no mountain too high for us to climb with the Lord. There's no valley too deep for us to go because the Lord will walk through it with us. He doesn't stand at the top of the valley on the edge looking down at you say, well, reach up, reach up. I'm reaching down to pull you up. No, he comes and walks through it with you. You're never alone. He walks through that difficulty with you. He walks through that challenge in life with you. He doesn't leave you suspended, hanging over the edge of the cliff. He's there with you. Why? We live with low levels of spiritual satisfaction because we deny what we are really feeling inside. 
God wants us to get in touch with our innermost being. Search our heart, just as God searches our heart. Search our heart. Know who we are. Know what's going on in our life. Our Christian life should be so rewarding, so satisfying. We should be people of joy and satisfied with our Christian walk. We should not be dissatisfied. If we're dissatisfied with our Christian walk, we're either denying issues that are going on in our, within ourselves, or we're failing to be intimate with God. We're failing to get into his word. We're failing to pray and communicate with God through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when things become too difficult, we compensate. We compensate because they're all too difficult. We chase into new spiritual experiences rather than stay in the word of God. We think we hear there's a great preacher over there, so we'll go over there. We get a blessing over there, and there's a great preacher over here, so we'll go to that seminar, conference, whatever, and we get a blessing, and there's no doubt we get a blessing. But while we're chasing around getting blessings, often we're not facing our own challenges. We're not being real with ourselves. We're not looking at what's really going on in me. How can I resolve some of the things that are going on in myself, you know, while I'm chasing around? We need to. We need to really focus on God. And sometimes we don't really turn to God at all until we're totally burnt out and unable to deny any longer that our spiritual life is just not working. We get into burnout spiritually, and we just think, we keep on going. We're like a hamster on a wheel. We keep going round and round, and finally, the wheel stops, and we can't go any longer, and we're faced with the reality. We're burnt out spiritually. We're in spiritual burnout. And then we have choices when we get to spiritual burnout. What do we do when we get to spiritual burnout? We either opt out, withdraw, maybe we take a break from going to church, or maybe we take a break from being a cell leader, or we take a break from just being in ministry at all. We take a break. Or what often might happen is we look for another church, the anonymity of another church. We go somewhere else where nobody knows us, and we can hide in the crowd. Nobody knows who we really are. We have a name and a face, but it stops there. There's no contact. There's no real, no one really knows. You're just a name and a face in this huge auditorium, or even in a smaller auditorium, but there's anonymity in that because people or no one there really knows you, so you can hide in that. And we can often hide by continuing just carrying on doing work for God. We can carry on whatever it is we were doing. We can carry on that external activity of church life, but inside be quite barren and even backslidden, secretly backslidden. Godly self-reflection promotes healthy self-awareness always. It doesn't... Godly self-reflection promotes healthy self-awareness. It does not encourage us to be self-conscious or self-centered. It doesn't encourage self-centeredness or even self-condemnation, which we all from time to time get involved in, self-condemnation. We make a mistake. We think of ourselves as, oh, we've, you know, that's it. I've lost my faith. I've lost everything. 
What a terrible person I am. We begin to condemn ourselves instead of going to the scripture and seeing that the word of God tells us that as a believer in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation because you're in Christ Jesus and because God loves us too much to let us go into that place of loathing of ourselves. God wants us to be healthy or we become very sin conscious. We harbor all kinds of guilt feelings. We can't get over what we did. We live in guilt. We say we're sorry to God, but we don't forgive ourselves. We know that God forgives us. God is an ever-forgiving God when we come in genuine repentance, but we often don't forgive ourselves. We live in this self-guilt all the time, and we just can't get over it. It drags us back. We go forward a two steps, and then this guilt takes over, and we go back a step. Or you do something for God, and then you feel so guilty, so you condemn yourself with your own self-guilt and condemnation or you take your eyes off Jesus altogether. Because all these things can, can lead you to a place, if you don't deal with them, if you don't look inside and begin to acknowledge and deal with these issues of life that are hurting and going on inside us, it can lead us to a place where we take our eyes off Jesus full stop. We just think, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to have anything to do with Christians. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I can't, I can't, I can't, is what we tell ourselves. But of course, there's no such word as I can't. It's I won't. When we were growing up as kids, there were four of us, and we were always, when we were asked to do things, we said, I can't, I've got my homework to do. I can't. So my mother used to say to us, there's no such word as I can't. It's I won't, so you just do it. So you had to do it. So when you go around telling yourself you can't do things, you can't do things, change, the, change it around. It's not because you can't. It's the desire to do it is not there. So you need to re-educate yourself. Get on board with the desire to love Jesus, the desire to follow Jesus, the desire to know Jesus in an intimate way, and the desire to know what's going on with yourself as well. Don't listen to the enemy because, you know, he's the accuser. He will accuse you at every point and every corner. Everything you do, he will accuse you. And if you're in any way self-conscious about what you do, as soon as you do it, the enemy will accuse you and say, that came across awful. That didn't look right. You didn't use the right terminology. You didn't say the right, oh, everything. He will accuse you at every point. But remember, he's defeated. He's under your feet. Christ has defeated him at the cross. So don't listen to the accuser because you will feel rejected. You will feel hopelessness if you listen to him. That's the whole point behind it. The accusing, the accusing is that you'll begin to feel hopeless. You'll begin to feel you're such a failure. You'll begin to feel that you've done things so badly. You just feel totally rejected and think, oh my word, I can't step out there again. I've made such a mess of it. I look terrible, I feel terrible, I feel awful because I said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God has not given you a spirit of fear, has he? No, of course he hasn't. He's given you a spirit of love. So don't allow the enemy to drag you down and to make you feel defeated, rejected, fearful. But these are all things that can happen if we don't really have a look inside ourselves and know how we deal with things, know how to go to God, how to allow God to minister to us, and how to allow the cell leader, your cell leader, to minister to you 
Instead of building all these things up, talk about them with your cell leader. Talk about them with your pastor. Talk about them with a counselor. Deal with them God's way, not man's way. Self-awareness. How do you become self-aware? How do you get to know yourself? How do you become self-aware? What's behind becoming self-aware? Who helps you to become self-aware? How? How, you might ask. Well, self-awareness comes from opening up to God. God and God alone. God says he searches our, he says search, search our hearts. And therefore, God and God alone can show us what's really going on inside. We need to open up to the Holy Spirit. Opening up to God will help us to be self-aware of ourselves and how we can deal with some of the issues. God wants to expose our heart that his truth can penetrate our deepest, the deepest part of our being. It's the truth of God that sets us free. Nothing else. The truth of God sets us free. When we, when we see the situation from God's pers perspective, when we apply God's truth, the situation may not change, the circumstances may not change, but the, everything about how you are, how you feel, how you're walking through it will change when you get God's perspective, when you allow God to search your heart, when you allow God to penetrate your heart, the deepest part of your being with his word and his truth. Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depth of his heart. You see, there's nothing hidden from God. Nothing we do, nothing we say, nothing we think is hidden from God. Every thought, every action, God knows about it. He knows us. He knows, well, he knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows us intimately. He knows everything about us. Remember, he created us. He knows every hair on our head. There's nothing a surprise to God about you. You cannot run from God. Wherever you go, God is there. You cannot hide from God. God will see what's going on. So we can't escape God. If we go to the uttermost ends of the earth, God will be there. So God knows us and knows everything about us. Therefore, this lamp of the Lord searches all the inner depth of his, of our hearts. It's searching. There's a spotlight, a search lamp on our heart of the Lord, and he sees it. Psalm 51, 6 says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Behold, you desire truth in the inner inward parts. We desire to know God, and in the hidden parts, you will make me to know wisdom. As we allow the Holy Spirit, the search lamp of the Holy Spirit, to shine into our hearts, God will give us wisdom in situations. God will show us the truth that we need to apply, his truths. He will go deep into the hidden parts of our life. You know, this becomes apparent some, often in a counseling situation. You can see how this becomes so apparent and so obvious. Um, in some counseling situations, because of what the person has experienced, maybe for year on year on year, or maybe from very early childhood or something, 
they've experienced some very bad things happening to them. And the hurt and the pains have been intense. So they have buried it, and they have buried it, and they have buried it over the years. And sometimes something else has been a trigger point, and they have sought help because there's been a trigger point through something else. But often when you come to minister to such people, you really need the, well, we always need the Holy Spirit in those situations, but you need the Holy Spirit to highlight because the individual perhaps doesn't even know what the depth of the situation is, doesn't know what the depth of the challenges he or she is facing really is. So you really need the lamp of the Lord to search. You need the Holy Spirit to really highlight that and to bring it to the surface. Because as you all know, if you come for ministry or for counseling, if you just peel off a layer or two and leave it at that, whatever the root was, it will come back if you don't deal with the root. So we need the Holy Spirit to shine his light into the root of that situation, into the root of the challenge, so that the root can be dealt with, and then everything else can be built upon when the root is whole. We can build on everything else or removed, as the case might be. So we need God's lamp to search us. We need the Holy Spirit to highlight to whoever's ministering. They need to have the ministry of the Holy Spirit to highlight what's really going on. We need the Holy Spirit to highlight to us because it's so easy to deceive ourselves. We really, it's so easy to deceive ourselves. We can live in a bubble sometimes and not reality. We can deceive ourselves. We can tell ourselves all kinds of things that didn't happen or did happen, just living in deception. Not intentionally, but we deceive ourselves. And Jeremiah says, a well-known scripture, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, very well known. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Lord, I, the Lord, search the heart, test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Let's read that again. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Do we know our heart? Scripture says it's Deceitful and desperately wicked. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doing. So God will search our hearts. We can't hide from him. We may lie to each other. We may cover up with each other. We may pretend with each other. We can do all kinds of things, but we can't do it with God. God knows our heart. He will search us out until we face the truth. And he does it out of love because he wants us to be whole. Everything that God does, he does out of love. When he chastens us or whatever he does, he does it for our own good. God is a God of love. He will not punish us for something that we're not able to handle. No, he will come alongside us. He will search us out. Out of love, he will heal our brokenness. He will heal our broken hearts. He will lift us up. He will minister to us and replenish all that pain with his love and healing if we only give him a chance. But we're so often 
We try to hide from God. We don't let him know. We certainly don't let our friend know. We don't let our brother know. We don't let our sister know. We mustn't tell the cell leader. But you see, you can't keep it from God. God knows anyway, so you might as well just go and confess to God because he already knows. And you're just telling him something he knows, but he knows and he brings us to that point because he wants us to be whole in Jesus' name. And he's able to administer healing to us if we give him that opportunity. God exposes our heart, how? By his word. God exposes the heart by his word. For the word of God is living and powerful, Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. But why wait to give an account to God until the final day? Why not deal with situations now and live a whole, beautiful, satisfied Christian life full of joy and peace and deep satisfaction while we're here on earth. Because God can make that, if we really allow him to search our heart, if we really come before him in genuine repentance, seeking his help and his ministry, God will heal our hearts. And it's, it's the work of, it's the heart issues that stop us from really being fruitful in our Christian life. It's the heart issues that prevent us from being who God made us to be. It's the issues of the heart that put a barrier between us and God. It's not the people around you. It's not the people next door to you, the people at the work or anywhere else. It's our heart issues, how we respond. The issues that are in our heart determine either we're close and intimate and living with a real deep satisfaction of God in our lives, or we're cold and distant and even miserable and barely making it as a Christian. You know, you hear the expression, you make it by the skin of your teeth. Well, we don't have skin on our teeth. We have to make it the proper way, by the love of God and by the word of God. But God knows our everything, everything about us. If we read this scripture again, in Hebrews 4, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we all must give an account. So this afternoon, if you're struggling with heart issues, I encourage you to come to God with your issues. Lay them at the altar. Allow God to minister his healing into your life. Talk to your cell leader. Talk to those who can, whom God can use to minister to you. And of course, stay with the word of God. God exposes our heart by his word and by his spirit. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties 
and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Is that your prayer this afternoon? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. Have you got anxieties this afternoon? And see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. I want to encourage everyone today, this afternoon, I want to really encourage us to truly search our hearts. Bring all that nonsense and things that are stopping us, all the pain, all the things that have mounted up over the years, the things that are blocking your flow with the Holy Spirit, the things that are blocking your joy, the things that's blocking your fellowship with one another. Bring them to the altar this afternoon and allow God to shine his torch and to heal you and deliver you and set you free in Jesus' name. God also uses, he uses his word, he uses his spirit, and also he uses his people. God uses his people to minister to each and every one of us. That's why we're in cells and there are people there to minister to you. God uses his people. He says in Hebrews 3, he says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Encourage one another. Always encourage. Don't criticize. Doesn't matter what your cell member tells you. Don't sit there with a shocked look in your face. You've probably done it yourself or been involved in it somewhere along the line. Don't look shocked. Hear what they say and be compassionate and show the love of God. Minister the love of God to that individual who may be struggling. Minister the love of God through God's word and through the work of the Holy Spirit that you can bring that person to a better place, to a place of healing, bring them to a higher place, a place in God where they desire to run after God, a desire, or deal with the blockages, help them deal with the blockages that prevent them. They may have the desire in their heart to seek after God, but there may be a blockage. You lead them through that to the place where they can be set free to truly worship God in spirit and in truth, and to really enter into the joy and the fullness of the Christian life that God has given us, to really experience afresh the love of God, experience afresh what it is to worship in the power of the Holy Spirit, to really connect with God, Connect with God afresh. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength this afternoon. Let the joy of the Lord fill your soul this afternoon and determine this afternoon that you will not be blocked by the issues of life because there's a way through. There's a way through. God has made a way for each and every one of us. God has made a way for us to be whole. Don't miss out on what God has generously handing out to us. He's given us his word. He's given us his resources. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us people round about us to minister to us. So don't go away feeling, I'm alone. I'm hurting. No one cares. No one there to help me. God is here in this place, as are many other people who can minister to you this afternoon. And before I invite the um, worship team to come back, I just want to pray. So would you like to stand, please?
Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you this afternoon. Lord, we thank you that you have given us every provision for life. You've given us every provision to walk out the life and the spirit that you have led us to. And Father, this afternoon, I just want to pray for anyone in this auditorium who is under condemnation of their own making, or who's feeling rejected, or who's feeling even self-loathing of themselves. Lord, I want to pray for them this afternoon, and I ask Holy Spirit, by your power, just minister to them right now in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, and minister deep into the hearts of people who are hurting here this afternoon. Lord, restore them. Restore them to the joy of their salvation. Restore them, Lord. Father, give them the courage and the boldness to search their heart and to seek help for their issues in life. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just move through this place doing surgery on every heart that is requiring it this afternoon. Pour in your love, Lord God, over each and every one. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.